we got some news to talk about. Uh, this is Quentin with the Basketball Podcast here with Phil. Say what's up to the people, Phil. What up? Okay, let's just jump right into this. Uh, Anthony Davis got traded a day before we decided to do this. Uh, I'm going to let you go first and talk about it. What you think? Um, I thought it was – I mean, people are trashing the Lakers for it, and they did give up a lot. But it's more like they gave up a lot of like B B minus type assets, and and you can't just add a top ten player without giving up something. So I don't know. I think obviously for the Pelicans, it made a lot of sense. You grab future assets, a, a lot of picks, and you're also getting some decent young players. Um, the fit in the short term, I'm not sure about how Ingram and Ball and Zion will fit together just because of the lack of shooting. But but it, it made sense for them, for sure. Uh, I think for the Lakers, they're definitely going to need to do well in free agency, but it definitely improved their team a whole bunch, even with all the depth that they don't have right now, basically. Yeah, I think when it first happened, um, I... I... I guess I was in the middle. I was in the middle. I think both teams did well, so I guess I agree with you. I think the Lakers getting a top ten player uh, to go along with LeBron, who is aging, is good. Is good. I also think that with whatever way they use their space, whether it's the addition of Kemba Walker, whether it's Kyrie Irving, whether it's breaking that down and using it to get multiple guys, um, just having two of those top players on your roster is a good start. I, I I think the Pelicans did a good job. I'm actually, when we break these teams down a little bit more here, I want to talk about the Pelicans free agency, but to get Ball, to get Ingram, to get Hart, to get all those first round picks, to get those pick swaps, it really sets New Orleans up uh, for the Zion Williamson era with a bunch of assets that they can use in the future. Um, I think Hart is the my favorite part is them getting Hart over Kuzma. I think Hart, even though he wasn't great last season, and I think you can make the argument that he's overrated in terms of his three and Dness. I think he's a fine prospect. I think all those guys are going to play better too because they got out of LA. I just think once LeBron came, combined with the expectations in that media cycle, that those guys kind of fell to the wayside and it kind of overpowered them so to go to new orleans to go play with zion to be a little bit off to the side i think will help those guys um before we jump into some specific questions i have for you about this trade is there anything else you wanted to add uh i will say that the the reverse protection for new orleans in 2021 i think they they only get the pick if it's top eight Mm-hmm. And then if it doesn't go top eight, they'll get the 2022 pick unprotected, which could be the double draft. That could be really down the line, very promising for them. Yeah, I like that. I didn't. It didn't hit me until you saw all the the picks listed out. That a lot of those picks are essentially New Orleans betting on the post LeBron era, which will be interesting. Um, but let's jump in with this. Let's start with the Lakers. Let's try to chop it up. The Lakers are rumored to get Kemba Walker. They're rumored for Kyrie Irving. Do you think they land either one of those guys? I think Kemba's very much in play. Um, I think Kyrie's probably, I mean, all the tea leaves suggest he's going to Brooklyn right now. And mm-hmm. I think he's going there, but Kemba's definitely in play. Um, it, it, I think it'll be tough though for Kemba to turn down the supermax if Charlotte does get is if Charlotte does offer him that crazy money like forty five million a year or something like that, that would be insane. Yeah, I think the way, I mean, the second Kemba got picked to all third team, he did an interview where he was like, "Yeah, I want the super," essentially saying that he wants the supermax and he's ready to take it. I, I mean, I understand if Charlotte decides not to give him that number, but. It all to me it points to that he's going back to Charlotte. Kyrie, who knows? You know, I think Kyrie is not really. I don't know what Kyrie's doing to be honest. I could see him going to Brooklyn. I could see him going to the Lakers. I, I mean, the only option we have here is him not going back to the Celtics, which you hate to see it. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, What, in your opinion, are there any other options the Lakers should do? Should they go after a star player or should they break it down into individual players? Should they go after multiple pieces instead of just one star? I think they should go after um, Kemba and Kyrie and those guys first. But if they miss, I I think they should go down a couple of tiers, maybe like to the Danny Green level, to the guys that won't command like 15, 20 million a year. Mm-hmm. And like try to get like three or four role players in that role that can give them some depth around their two top 10 players. Where do you rank the Lakers in the Western Conference hierarchy right now? I mean, it's hard to say because half the league's basically free agents right now, you know? But, mm-hmm. I mean, they have the starting point of, of a contender. I mean, but, like, they still need to find, what, like 10 roster spots or some crazy number? So, it's hard to say. Do you like – okay, so if you had to guess, if you, say it's the day before the NBA season, based on what you think is going to happen, would you rather ha- – would you pick the Lakers or the Nuggets for next season? I mean, for next season, I'd probably pick the Nuggets. Um, maybe it'd be different if the Lakers, like, landed Kemba and a couple of role guys for mm-hmm. cheap deals. But right now, I would say the Lakers are probably, like, maybe the four or five seed, like, just from now, outlook, I guess. How about the Pelicans? How do you see the Pelicans in the bottom of the Western Conference? Or do you think – or you think – they're a mid-tier Western Conference team. Because I feel like a lot of people had them in that top. I feel like a bunch of people thought they could be really good if they just kept Anthony Davis. Um, but now, obviously, they traded him. How do you feel about the Pelicans as a Western Conference team? I think they have an outside chance of making the playoffs. Um, with, I, I think Zion's one of those rare prospects that can make an immediate impact right away and be a very good player as a rookie. Mm-hmm. So, I think that'll help them a lot um, early on. It, I mean, right now, there are no Drew rumors. Like, it sounds like they're planning on keeping him. So, obviously, that'll help them for this year. He was he was just a monster last year. Mm-hmm. And they got some role players around them. I could see them, like, being around 500. But, I mean, serious contention is obviously not going to happen. Do you think they can get the shooters? I actually think they can. I think because of Lonzo and Drew's defensive abilities, it makes it easier for them to go target more more standstill-like shooters. Like yeah. I can, like, I can see them go and get, like, Reggie Bullock. That would make a bunch of sense for them. I can see them going and getting just guys who don't offer much outside of that shooting. Like, what's his name? Um, Daniels. He played on the Rockets years ago. Like, that yeah, kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – that definitely fits. They really need shooting, and they have playmaking. They have defensive capabilities. Um, I guess they have some creation, like, mattering on how you feel about Ingram. Mm-hmm. He, he can create a bit for himself, not, like, as a primary guy, and Zion should be able to do it right away, but they still they do need one more guy that can create for themselves, like, self-creation ability. Yeah. How do you feel about – well, what's your view on Ingram? Because my hot take that I, I'm not tweeting right now because I'm on hiatus is that if I was New Orleans, I would consider moving Ingram over the fourth pick. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, well, I'm not sure about over the fourth pick, but I'd move Ingram. I think his fit with Zion and Lonzo is a bit odd mm-hmm. just because of his of his mediocre shooting. Like, he can shoot a, a, okay for mid-range, but He's, like, super long and has this jacked-up jumper that doesn't work from three, basically. And he doesn't even take many. So, I mean, t- they need better fits with Lonzo and and Zion. And if it's between Lonzo and Ingram, I'd rather have Lonzo just because of his special passing ability. And his defense is pretty good, too. I do, too. And my... my... I'm I'm cool on Ingram. I think Ingram's a fi- I think Ingram's going to be fine when it's all said and done. But I also just think, do you want to give him that twenty million dollar contract? That's yeah, gonna yeah, he's going to get paid a lot. Yeah, and a lot of people like there was a tweet. I'm not on Twitter. I heard there was a tweet <laughs> where 
<laughs> where he put up a, a, a smiley face in his like Instagram video. And to me, that was more alluding to the fact that he's going to get paid now. He's going to be getting that money on a consistent team rather than sticking out with the Lakers and then eventually getting moved. Um, what do you think about the rumors about moving the fourth pick? I kind of think that – I think a lot of people have linked Chicago to it with them potentially taking Garland, which I find interesting. Um, I think the Pelicans should consider drafting Brandon Clark at four. Um, but what do you think about them moving for? I think it makes sense to move back if they can and get like additional assets. Maybe like, maybe like if they could get like eight and seventeen from Atlanta, I think they should do that immediately. But just because Clark is still going to be there at eight, and I don't know, I, I think if there's a strength in this draft, which I think is shitty outside of basically Zion, it's the there are some decent prospects that are going to be there in the teams. Mm-hmm. And so to get that value there could be pretty good. Um, I, I wouldn't trade four for like veteran or some stuff that's out there, though. See, I feel like that's exactly what they're going to do. Like, I feel like they're going to do like four for like, I think I saw like four for Levine talked about. I think Sam Vecini alluded to something around like four for Markinen and seven. He, I just don't. I'm just not a fan of either of those, to be honest. Well, four and again, marketing in seven is kind of interesting, but I'm just not high on marketing as a whole. Yeah, um, yeah, those would be pretty odd trades. Yeah, especially the Libyan one. Yeah, but they seem to be wanting to get like another young, young veteran player and trying to attach them to, to Zion, and I just feel like. You kind of did that with Davis, so why not just extend this out? And if Davis is a if Davis is one of if not Davis Williamson Zion is one of the twelve best players in the league next year, which is slim, but if he's really really good, then you can move. That's why I think they should trade Drew Holiday too, because it's like just get as much flexibility as you can, then pivot. But they keep Drew, that's fine. Um, any other things, a little pointers you have for this trade? Not really. All right. Uh, what did you want to jump into next? You wanted to do this, so yeah. you want to just do you want to talk the draft? You want to just take questions? You want to? Uh, let's talk the draft a little bit. Okay. Uh, let's go from the top then. Zion's gonna go first. Yeah. I think John Morant's gonna go two. Yeah. And it seems like Barrett is going three. Um, I think there has been a little bit of talk with maybe Culver, but ultimately it's hard to see the Knicks just going against conventional wisdom, I guess. Well, Barrett kind of bo- boxed him in, though, because he, he came out and said, well, this is the only team I want to I, – I'm meeting or something like that. And, like, I felt like that kind of boxed him in from going anywhere else, which it shouldn't happen, but it's the Knicks, so it kind of happened that, that way. Um. I'm fine. I'm fine with Barrett. I know what the I know what the issues are there. I would prefer Culliver. I would actually also I actually think after the whole KD situation, I kind of do lean towards possibly trading down, just because you know, Brandon Clark will be there at eight. Yeah. It, like if right now if I was the Knicks, I would do three for eight, and I would do three for eight and ten. I would ask for eight and ten, and then I would do Clark. And I would probably go PJ Washington, but that's just du- very duplicative. Um, I would probably just take one of the wings, whichever one probably projects best, and go from there. But the Knicks will not do that. Um, so it's Barrett. Who do you? I feel like whoever's at four, Culver is going for. I, I don't know. I it's either going to be Culver, I think, or Hunter probably. Um, if they keep the pick, but if it's traded, yeah, I think teams are going to be looking to trade. If they're going to be looking to trade up, it's for Culver's, specifically Atlanta. I think they've been linked to him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? What I mean, you and I'll retweet it when we when we when we're done with this. But you did drop like a top one hundred, and I thought that was very interesting. Um, 
I don't really have a lot of questions off of that, but I do I do want to ask about the guy this the guy that Golden State is hiding that that <laughs> Julie. Explain that to me. Like what is what is his selling points? Selling points for I don't even know how to say his last name, but he he's a really good he's really advanced as a defender right now. Mm-hmm. Like he knows where he's supposed to be. He he can hedge off the pick and roll, he can recover, all those kind of things. He can shoot a little bit. Like we don't know if he can shoot or not, basically. But if he shoots, he can be very valuable. And even if he doesn't shoot, he can be like a very valuable bench big, just that can play both the four and the five, and that can really defend. I think his selling point is more actually his floor rather than his ceiling. But mm-hmm. he had a good year in the G League. He wasn't really on my radar to start the year. Now, based on what everyone is, based on all you guys tweeting about it. I think I keep bringing up Sam Vecini. He does great work at The Athletic. I think he wrote something about it. A couple of people wrote about it. Do you think he gets the Golden State in the second round, or do you think that no, could buy I don't. I don't see how he gets to, what, like 58? No. Yeah. I, think, I think if Golden State takes him, honestly, they might take him in the first at this point. Hmm. Interesting. That's but what... they could – maybe look to trade up, I guess, in the second round and try to get him, like, at 40 or something. I could see them I could see them potentially calling, like, the Hawks or something. The Hawks got a lot of second-round picks. I think they have three. And they already said they don't want to bring in three rookies, so maybe they get something from the Hawks. Um, is there any – well, I do have another question. I'm just going on the fly here. There are a bunch of, like, wings in the middle of this class – I'm not particularly high on a couple of them, but Kev, uh, KPJ, Kevin Porter Jr., um, Keldon Johnson, Nasir Little, Nah, Nickel Alexander Walker, and there's one more guy I'm forgetting in that group. Of those guys, like which one do you which one do you like the most? I like Nah the most. I think. He provides some, like, secondary ball handling. He's more of a guard than a wing, mm-hmm. but he can really shoot, and he can provide some secondary ball handling. He's a pretty good decision maker, too. Um, I'm not sure he's going to be a plus defender, but he should be playable defensively. Okay. Where do you think he goes in terms of range? Uh, Probably, I think he goes probably late first. I can't hear you. I think he probably goes late first. Okay. Gotcha. All right. And those other guys, like, of those other guys, so KPJ, oh, give me Keldon Johnson. You're not high on Keldon Johnson, right? No. Okay. I'm not high on KPJ either. I know a couple people like him. Um, two more two more questions, and then we can pivot. Uh, the bigs. So, Bol Bol and Golga, or Goga. Goga, where's where's what do you think Goga's going, and where do you think he should go? Uh, I think he's probably going in the teens somewhere. Like I think his range is actually similar to Bull, though I guess I think it's more likely that Bull falls to maybe the twenties, even like based mm-hmm. on some mock drafts I've seen. But Goga, I think he should go. I think both should go in the top ten. Quite frankly, like. There, there are worries with Bulls. Like, they're not the quickest guys, though. Goga's a bit fat, a bit quicker, um, but they're very skilled offensively. They have good, they have very good touch at the rim, and Bull can really, really shoot the ball. So, I think Bull has enough length to make up for his defensive shortcomings. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be a plus defender, but I think, but I think the defensive worries are a bit over the top. Okay. What's what's a good comp for Golga? I know it. I, I, we hate comps, but is he Nurkish? Is he Nurkic? Itch? Is yeah, he... I guess that, that. I think he's a bit more skilled than Nurkic and uh-huh. a bit worse defensively, but that's not a bad comp. I like that. Okay, and I had one more question, and now I forgot. But no, I, I mean I'm gonna retweet it. It was a great job. Breaking a hundred prospects—that's really difficult, <laughs> to be honest. Because <laughs> I'm trying to get my head wrapped around ten specific guys, and I can't even do it. Um, 
Any other things about this draft? I feel like everyone's down on this draft, but they're oh, I did have another question. I'll ask this first. Any uh, like any other prevailing thoughts about this draft? Is there anyone who you're looking at maybe that could be in the second round that you think this guy, if we did a redraft three years from now, can be top ten, a top ten player from this class? Is this a this is a good value draft in terms of you're not if you have like the fifth pick you may be disappointed, but if you have like the 16th pick, you can come away with something enjoyable. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's obvious why he's going to fall, Jonte Porter, but mm-hmm. at the same time, he still has one of the higher upsides just because of his skill level and how smart he is on the floor. Mm-hmm. So I, if, if anyone surprises and like, I wouldn't, let me put it to you this way. I wouldn't be shocked if he turned out to be the second best player in the class. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't bet on it, but he has a very direct route there, basically. And my last question is, and this is a guy that I'm high on just from watching a couple of Kentucky games. Um, to, talk to me about your overall thoughts on P.J. Washington. I think he's really good. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of cool on him. I think he's all right, but... I worry that he's like one of those guys who does everything okay, but doesn't necessarily do anything well. Um, his his swing skills, definitely his shooting, like his free throw percentage was just okay. Mm-hmm. But if you saw him like shooting the half court, his stroke does look pure, and he doesn't have much um, hesitation to shoot either, which is very positive. Um, he's a pretty smart defender, but his motor goes off and on, which is kind of worry for. A lot of people. So, I mean, I could see him becoming a low-level starter, but a lot of things have to change, I guess. Like, the motor's the biggest issue. Fair. All right. Let's jump into some of these questions. We have a bunch of them, which we can jump off of, and I think it'll open up some different questions. Thank you for you guys' questions on short notice. I didn't even get to retweet it. Um Let's just jump right into the funny one. Uh, Greg at GCM eighty five axes. Does Quentin prefer his Tesla or Porsche? <laughs> I prefer the Tesla, good sir. And what, <laughs> and what option should the Knicks pursue on Thursday besides RJ at three? I had no idea the draft was on Thursday. <laughs> I'll let you know that. Um, but to answer your question, we kind of answered that they should look at Culliver. Um, I think at least at the Knicks wall, a lot of people grew some interest in Garland because of uh, a couple of things that uh, Cole's liquor wrote at the stepping in about just shooting and how you need to have that arsenal as a shooter. So he's another option and obviously trade down. Uh, we talked about Bol Bol. You did a real good job on Bol Bol. And he has a draft question for you is what's your take on Garland? I really believe in the shooting. Um, he shot really well uh, from the free throw line and, IBL ball and I mean he looks really good just shooting off the dribble obviously the sample is really small but he shot very well I think he could be one of those maybe not to Dame's level but like kind of close as a as a guy that can bend your defense and like get your offense into like positive situations so I, I like him quite a bit how do you feel about his facilitating, his ability to – I hate saying it, it sounds stupid, but his ability to lead and navigate an – That's that's a question. That's definitely a question for him. Um, I thought he showed better playmaking skills in high school than he than he did in his, in his few games at Vanderbilt. So I guess we'll see, but I, I think he can be an okay facilitator. I I don't see it as being like a huge deterrent, but it's also not a huge strength. Gotcha. Okay. Um, should the Knicks consider him at three? Or is that too much? Um, I mean consider, sure. I I like him more than RJ, but but honestly, I think the Knicks should probably trade back. If they can, I guess. I agree. Um, let's look at the next question here. Uh, Adam at Sixers. Adam says, "What's the best case scenario for the Sixers with 24, 33, and thirty-four? This can be a specific set of guys or certain archetypes you think they should set out to get." Um, 
I'll let sh- I'll go first. I think at twenty four, I feel like the perfect. I feel like the perfect guy. I want them to get is Cam Jones. Yeah, same. I think he's he's a really good fit for them. He's just a shooter and above average defender, and he can probably be one of the few guys in this draft class that can play as a rookie and not be a huge negative. You still there? Yeah. Okay. I don't know what happened there, but we dropped. Um, uh, Cam Johnson would be great. Getting with those two second round picks, pretty much whoever really you can get. A, they need a backup point guard. They need a point guard in the center. Uh, so Shamari Pons and Jonte Porter would be a good would be good gets, I guess. What about you? Yeah. Um, also, like this. Realistically speaking, the Sixers aren't going to be bringing in three rookies to a contending team. Mm-hmm. So we're probably looking at a stash, or maybe they'll try to trade up. But I don't know how much value those picks actually have. So, but I, I really like the idea of Cam Johnson at twenty-four. I think his shooting and above-average defense would really help them. Um, also, um, Madison Tyball would be a very good fit. He's he's just really a defender at this stage, but. He's maybe the best defensive wing in the whole class. Um, Jonte as like a red shirt would make sense also and mm-hmm. with one of the second round picks. And because Ryan would kill us, I'm just going to throw out Taylor Horton Tucker's name. Even though I don't think he's much of a fit, uh, they, they can use his defense, but he can't shoot. But Yeah. Um. Okay, he doesn't have a name, but his at name is Ya Boy RB Axes. If Jazz acquired D'Angelo Russell or Mike Conley, where does that put them in the in the West? Uh, I think one of those players are considerably better than the other. So if they added D'Angelo Russell, I wouldn't be a fan. Uh, he's not that. It's not that he's not that good, but it's just not a good fit for the Jazz. Mike Conley, on the other hand, I think they would take a step forward in the West. Conley, if you can get, if you can somehow keep Conley, Gobert, Mitchell, and Ingles, that's a good four to work on. Um, I still think they would be behind the usual suspects, but they would take a step forward. What say you? Yeah, um, I I agree. I think Russell might help them a little bit just because they don't have much creation ability, but at the same time, like he's going to get overpaid, so I wouldn't want that for them. But Conley would help them a lot, and maybe they're not. Yeah, they wouldn't be at Houston's level, but they'd be like, if some if some things go wrong for Houston, like they they could they could beat them basically. Yeah. Um, how do you feel like that market's going to play out? The whole Conley thing, because I feel like on one hand, Mike Conley is a very talented basketball player, and the point guard position is a necessity. He can defend. He can space the space the floor a little bit. He can create. He's very steady. He's above his steady. He's good. He's a good player. He's a very talented player. But I also feel like the market for him is tricky because he's older and he's closer to free agency than people think. Yeah. Um, I think Memphis could probably get like one first. I, I'd be surprised if they're able to get two and maybe like an okay-ish young player. But I, I wouldn't expect a big return, I think, for Conley at this point. I don't think they have the assets for him, but I think I would like to see him in Detroit. That's just my opinion. Um, I probably wouldn't try to I probably would try to do that trade after the draft too and see if I can give them Canard next year's first and the money to make it work. Um, they probably won't take that, but that would be that would be the interesting offer for me. Um Luke, sorry, I pronounced your name wrong. Switek at Luke Switek asks, "What's the best return for the Rockets? Who are who's the best return for the Rockets they can get for CP3, and what teams would be interesting? Interested? Oh, I'm fumbling today. Headache <laughs> <laughs> is killing me. Um, but the Rockets, Chris Paul has seemingly been a player that people have talked about is moving uh, just to build around James Harden again." He has a monster contract, but he's still very talented. First of all, do you think they should move him? I don't. Not at this point. Just because I I don't think they're going to get a worthwhile return just because of his contract. And with the NBA, how it's looking right now, they, they'd be a title contender next year. So 
I, I just don't see how trading Chris Paul is going to make that team better. Yeah, I think before the finals occurred, I think a lot of people thought they should blow it up or kind of do a trade where they send Chris Paul somewhere and get like three pieces back. Um, but now it's just like, I feel like you should double down, just add more, try to add more pieces to that roster and see where, what you can do. I think, I think one of the popular trades, there were two of them. There was Chris Paul to Phoenix and Chris Paul to Miami and those trades that kind of got them three pieces for one. I, I think that was on the table before, but now the Rockets theoretically are the best team in the West until the Lakers figure it out until I think the jazz are right behind them as well. I would just run it back. I would try to add another piece or two and see what you can do. So to answer your question, they shouldn't trade Chris Paul, but if Chris Paul is available, I can see the heat being interested just because the heat are weird. They have terrible contracts. I can see the sun's doing it because they kind of need to get, the ship right because it's becoming a mess down there even worse than we thought um is there any other teams that make sense for a chris paul trade uh pacers make some sense but it's gonna be hard to make the money work in basically any chris paul trade speaking of the pacers the pacers i don't think the pacers are gonna get like a star or anything but they're my team to watch in free agency just because they have so many free agents and they have sabonis on like ready I think he can either be tra- they're either going to extend him or trade him but I don't like the fit between him and Turner and I can see the Pacers trying to take a step ahead and try to find assets to get and keep Turner uh what do you think about the Pacers heading into free agency they don't they're not interesting but I think they're interesting under the surface uh they really need a point guard upgrade, mm-hmm. and I agree that Sabonis ultimately doesn't fit well with Turner beyond, like, because Sabonis is going to get paid in a year, and do you want, really want to have, like, $40 million or $35 million between him and Turner making mm-hmm. up your front court, and we're not even sure how well they can play together? So I think trading him makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, scout with RJ. RJ Friends, thanks for the question. He asks his top five sleepers that aren't in your top 30 and are going second round. Top five is a bit much. Uh, we did talk about the Golden State guy. We did talk about Jonte. So eliminate those two. Give me another guy, uh, a second round steal in your opinion. Uh, give me one sec. Yeah, take your time. He said that um, guys outside my top 30, I think. Yeah. So, if I'm wrong about the guy, it might be, like, Kevin Porter Jr. He He's not going to go in the second round, though. I'm trying to think if there's a second-round guy that I like. I know the ringer was talking up that Tulsa wing. That's cool. Oh, um, yeah. Um, I kind of like uh, the Ole Miss guy, uh, Terrence Davis. He's a really good athlete. He can handle a little bit, but he's not that skilled offensively. But his defensive upside is very significant. Yeah, and because he got hurt, I, I guess I'm cheating here. But uh, Charles Matthews from Michigan. Yeah. And then if he's there at 55, the Knicks should probably take him because they need defense. Um, I like the Morgan guy from Indiana. Yeah, he's, he's decent, yeah. He's another guy that I'm interested in. And – I'm just going to shout out my Buffalo guy, CJ Mockenberg. <laughs> he should be drafted. I, I think he's that good. I think he's that talented. Um, let's see. Any other questions? Oh, uh, Alessandro Kazi, Al Kaz one asks, who's going to be the fake riser of this draft process? And should we take more positional scarcity? When should we take in account positional scarcity when ranking guys like Garland and White? versus non-elite bigs. Let's take the first question first. The second one's going to be interesting because I do want to talk draft philosophy for a second. Um, The draft is on Thursday. Who do you think could rise potentially between now and Thursday? Um, Is that what he's asking? Yeah. Who's the fake riser of this draft process? I feel like because I feel like because it's I feel like because after pick three is wide so wide open or pick four, 
there it really isn't a fake riser. I feel like everyone's kind of gone. I feel like everyone is has like a range of where they're going to be picked, and there's going to be no real surprises. Yeah, I guess if there's a surprise, maybe maybe someone takes Romeo Langford like near the end of the top ten. I guess I could see, or someone falls in love with Nasir Little. I guess. Charlotte is going to pop one of those guys. I can tell you that much because the Hornets draft nothing but big school guys. So <laughs> I definitely think you're on the right track there. And his second question was, should we take more into account positional scarcity when ranking guys like Garland or Colby White versus non-big elite bigs? Uh, I don't know. I, th- I think I put it into – I consider it in my rankings, but at the same time, time it's more i think the drop off with bigs is that there's a lot of good backups there's not a lot of true starting caliber bigs Mm -hmm. so like guys like goga or bowl who can be starting caliber bigs have a lot of value it's more the gaffords that you that i wouldn't rank that high you know Mm -hmm. that's what i was thinking like if you like to me and this is silly. This is why I don't really do the draft that much. It would just be tough for me to rank big men that that can't really shoot or really aren't that good at playing defense, even if they have good elite touch around the rim or they're good scorers. Because it's like between the draft, like first of all, you shouldn't draft those guys because you can get a better brand of those guys in free agency for cheap. And second of all, it's like those guys don't really have much value after the 82 game season like once you get to 16 games canter aside this this summer this year how many of those big offensive only bigs are really dominating in the playoffs it's not really it doesn't really happen so in term in terms of six the 16 game season which people hate now saying um i just i just think those bigs should be faded what do you think about what do you think about kobe white because i'm not a fan yeah, um, the more I've looked into him, the less I've liked him. I think his passing is okay. It's not like it's not Carson like Edwards level bad, but, mm-hmm. but it's not like lead initiator type good. And at his size, it's it, it's kind of hard to project him as getting to the rim a lot and finishing. So you're really betting on the jumper. He didn't shoot great off the dribble, but he can shoot and, and catch and shoot situation and he needs to specifically play next to another big guard that can handle the ball which that's not the easiest thing to find so i think he's very fit specific but Mm -hmm. i I, I very much am out on him as like a top 10 prospect i've heard some rumors that maybe phoenix actually prefers him to garland which is kind of weird to me yeah do you value well this this is a tough question to answer does playability not playability but ability to play in the playoffs essentially does that factor into your draft rankings at all like if a player has skills that you know can translate well into the playoffs does that bump him up or vice versa uh i think it's very unpredictable i think most players well almost all players that try in the regular season are mm-hmm. going to be worse in the playoffs. It's just logical just because the competition's harder and everything. I think there are very few specific type of bigs that maybe drop value a little bit, but the value doesn't drop to as much as people, as people assume. Mm-hmm. But guys like Cam Johnson, Madison Thibault could could possibly get more value just because of their ability to play as like the fifth guy, you know, just mm-hmm. really defend. Okay. That's fair. Um, as you can tell, I didn't pull all these questions up and put them on a piece of paper like I usually do. Um, <laughs> board man. <laughs> That's funny. Board man uh, at Drom TV 2 or Dream TV 2. I feel like there's something. I don't know how to pronounce it right. How spooky is it for a Knicks fan right now? And also top Suns point guard options. I'll let you his his is Patrick Beverly. Uh let's do the Suns one first. I think Patrick Beverly is a good fit. Uh is there any uh, Malcolm Brogdon would be interesting there for me as well, but is there any other guys you think would 
be interesting. I think Tyus Jones would be interesting there too. What's going to happen? Do you think he, Minnesota retains him? I feel like because they have a quote unquote smart GM in place now that they do retain him, but he would be, he is an interesting free agent. Yeah, I think it's likely they keep him, but nobody really knows like Rose's tendencies, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think he gets? Do you think he gets fourth, fourth 32? Yeah, I think that's about right. Maybe three or four years at around eight mil. Look, seems like his range right now, I'd say. How do you feel about Minnesota as a whole? I feel like the last time I've seen you tweet about them, you were generally high on them. For reasons that I understand, they got Covington, who's pretty good. Um, they got Cat, of course, who's a top X player in the league. Um, <laughs> they have a top – they have a lottery pick. They got some interesting players there. How do you feel about the Wolves as a whole? I think they'll be pretty good next year. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens at the draft. And also, I think they might look to try to trade Teague. I'm not sure if someone will want him. Maybe Phoenix could be interested, I could see. Mm-hmm. But there's, they're a year away from truly their ceiling. But I think that they're, they're interesting and they should be pretty good. I, I think they'll be quite a bit better than they were last year or this past year. Gotcha. And I guess we could talk about the second part of this question. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I mean, as a Knicks fan, I did. <laughs> you, but, you can, but you can tell the truth. Tell the truth. I, I honestly did not think Kevin Durant was going to the Knicks. Like, I never – like, I've always said, like, until he times, until he has the press conference, he's not going to the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> you have said that. Yeah, I was like, he's he's going to the Nets. I said he's going to the Clippers. He's going anywhere else. And he blew out his Achilles. I don't know what this is. <laughs> you know, the Knicks are the Knicks are incompetent until they prove otherwise. But, you know, I didn't think the Knicks were going to get Kevin Durant. It still hasn't hit me that they're not going to get Kevin Durant, which is fine. But, yeah. I, I still think they could, honestly. Should they, go? Should they, though? Yeah, I mean... See, I don't, I don't, I'm on the fence. I don't think there's an, a better alternative because the Knicks, the Knicks are in a weird spot because the Knicks, in theory, if they open up the second cat, second max slot, you can just go and sign Kevin Durant, put him on the mend, and then still be a team that takes on bad contracts and still be bad. And the way the draft is set up now with the lottery, you, you can win 30 games and win the lottery. It's easier to do it now. So you can potentially have Kevin Durant come back. You have a better idea on your rookies. You just added more assets. And then you could potentially open up a, a, a big salary slot for someone else. But Kevin Durant, like if Kevin Durant is not playing next season, he's going to be 16 months away from the injury. But that's 16 months away from not playing. And no one knows how he's going to play. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's risky, but just because of the upside, I feel like you have to do it if you can. I I'm on, I wrote something for this. It's not going to come out. I think it's going to come out before free agency, like right before. But I mean, if you're the Knicks right now, it sucks. I I would just I would just kind of just op- just go and trade, you know, trade for contracts and try to get additional first round picks, build your assets up. And try to put yourself in a position to go get the next star, which is a terrible thing to say. It's not something you should be putting yourself in position to do. But I think compared to the last time the Knicks pursued a big star, their assets on the roster. Mitchell Robinson's a fine player. We'll be able to have some fun with Mitchell Robinson on the roster. But, yeah, the Knicks are going to be bad next year, and that's fine. And they're not going to get Kevin Durant, and I I just never thought he was coming anyway. So it's kind (laughs) of... It's it's tough. It's funny because it's like we all kind of everyone earmarked Kevin Durant to go to the Knicks, and it's just like I've seen, I've heard. I'm not on Twitter. I've heard people get very aggressive towards the Knicks and like, "Hi, Knicks fans, how do we feel?" And it's just like I don't know. Like I never, like I, I didn't expect it to happen until it happened, and it never happened. And the Anthony Davis trade. Once once I saw that tweet where they were like, "Yeah, the Knicks feel like this could be another Carmelo trade," I was just you know. They're morons for that. <laughs> but 
I don't want to keep talking about the Knicks. I'm going to write something about the Knicks. Um, they're going. They're going to not matter this summer, which is okay. Um, what about your Mavericks? You guys got Chris Porzingis, Luka Doncic. Uh, what do you think the Mavs should do this summer? Uh, I don't know. I think they should probably lay low. Honestly, like just because if 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 they could. I mean, if the, obviously, if they could get Kyrie Irving, they should. But obviously, they can't. Um, Kawhi's obviously not going there. No serious stars going to look at them. Maybe Kemba, but I think he's probably taking the Supermax. So I'd say go after uh, lower contract guys like and good role players. Maybe someone like Danny Green. or I mean, he had a bad playoff, so maybe that hurts his value a little bit. And yeah, and I th- I do think they should keep Dwight Powell. By the way, okay, yeah, he opted out. Do you think Bradley Beal gets traded this summer? I'll say no. Um, I I do think he'll probably get dealt by next trade deadline with the new GM, but mm-hmm. it, it's hard to say right now without knowing who they're gonna hire. Now I'm just throwing our random softball questions at you because we ran out. That was all our questions. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, Finals MVP. Do you think he stays in Toronto or do you think he leaves? Honestly, I have no idea. If you had to guess. I'll say he stays, but I'm not confident about that. And I think if he stays, it's probably on a shorter term deal, not like the five-year max. If you were Kawhi Leonard, what would you do? Uh, I don't know. I'm not really into the cold weather scene. I hear you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I think Toronto is an interest in is in an interesting position, and Kawhi. I think Kawhi should seriously consider staying with the Raptors because Toronto has Pascal Siakam. Whether you, depending on how you view him, I think he's someone who is going to be a top. 25 30 player in the league if he's not already considered by some they have a relatively clean cap sheet after at the end of next season they can go into 2020 free agency with Kawhi on a max pascal kishiakam's cap hold and like norm powell and they're not big free agency a big free agency destination but that would put you in position to get somebody else and then max out pascal you know, maybe bring back Van Fleet if his contra- if his money isn't crazy and maintain something. Is that is for is, is Pascal Siakam good enough to make Kawhi consider staying? Essentially is my question. Uh I'm not sure like Pascal will have a big influence. Like just winning the title could. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I also feel like Kawhi already knows what he's going to do, no matter if the media says, oh, Toronto has work to do or the Clippers are going to have to sell him on this or that. But I I think at the end of the day, Kawhi knows what he's going to do right now. It's just what is he going to do? It's just tough because it's like if he goes to the Clippers, I I mean, the Clippers have a bunch of good pieces, but it's just like – I kind of felt like that was the team to trade for Anthony Davis. And because the Lakers got it done, like Kawhi going to the Clippers just has a little bit less luster for me. But they do got the assets. They do have the, they built a strong infrastructure. They built, they got assets moving forward. So it's not like they can't build around him moving forward. But man, I just felt like they need, I just felt like they needed to get two guys. Yeah. But with the West being wide open, who knows? Um, this is a this is a random question I'm gonna ask you. How do you feel about Daryl Morey's safety in Houston? Uh, I think their owner is a bit wild in terms of what he's been doing recently. It's just overall appearance. He comes off as a very hasty owner who's not afraid to step out in the media and make decisions. Um, Morey just signed an extension, but if the Rocket, I can see it. Do you think Maury stays in Houston for three more seasons? Uh, they do not. Yeah, I don't. I I don't think so. 
that's that's why I'm, I'm interested in because I'm just like more. I feel like he is someone who's going to be on the market sooner than later. Um, and I have a take on that that I'm going to share at some po- other point when we do another podcast. Um, are there is there anything in free agency you're interested in? You're excited to see? Is there a certain player you're keeping tabs on? See what kind of contract he gets? Anything of intrigue? I'm curious to see who gets New Orleans Noel. They're going to get an A plus from me. Um, what about you? Uh, I, I'm curious about the Milwaukee situation mainly, just with so many free agents: Chris Middleton, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, and Brooke Lopez. And none of those guys are going to be cheap. That so we'll see if the owners um going to pay for them basically, but. Middleton's gonna cost what? Maybe not the max, but like close to the max, probably. Mm-hmm. And then Brogdon could get like 15, 16 million a year. How much would they have? How much would a, a pending team, a non Milwaukee team, would have to pay to get Brogdon? I think we, I think when we talked about it on Twitter, I feel like you said 20. Yeah, I'd say like 18 to 18? 20 would give okay. it a chance that they would pass. Should someone give him eighteen million a year? I mean, if you're in Phoenix's situation, why wouldn't you? That makes sense. Phoenix, I think a lot. I think a lot of Chicago fans really want Brogdon. Um, that would be interesting to me as well. But they probably need more of a pure facilitator. Um, anything else you want to discuss? And it was this is a good talk. It was an hour. Anything yeah. else you had an idea of talking about? No, nah, this is good. All right. Um, just one more thing before I go. I think the Nets are going to get Kyrie Irving, and I think the Nets are going to be pretty good next season. So, salute to Nets fans. Congrats, and congrats, <laughs> to the, and congrats to Lakers fans who seem to be very ready to attack the Knicks. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand why you are the Los Angeles Lakers, but congratulations on getting Anthony Davis as well. Um, where can the people find you, Phil? Uh, on Twitter at advanced that's twenty three. I'm at Haynes XIV, but I'm taking a hiatus. I'm just there's a lot going on. We'll talk about it at some other point. Um, but you'll see this retweeted. You'll see Phil's top one hundred also retweeted with it. Um, and that's about it. Yep. Peace. Peace.